Yeah, I guess so. Like dropping wisdom truth bombs. Oh yeah, probably not. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. We're chilling at um, Nightcliff Jetty. Do you want to introduce yourself, mate? Uh, yeah, right. Um, my name's Aaron Project Lim. I'm a Darwin-born b-boy. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> intro. <laughs> and you're just in a show, and now you're about to go away for some professional development. Yeah, I just um, finished uh, two shows, actually. I had two shows showing at the Darwin Festival. Um, I had Between Tiny Cities, which ran for a week, and then I had... Um, Man Made, which was a tracks production, which ran for two weeks. So it was quite a quite a big stint. Thirteen shows all up, I think. Back yeah. to back. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty wild. But yeah, it's good to sort of be back. I just came back from. Um, so I had that, and then straight after that, I think I had a couple of days off, and then I went to Gove or Nullen Boy to teach at the Eurocolor community um, for a week, and then. I've just gotten back from that, and, and now I'm about to go off to do some professional development. Um, what's your level of balancing being a dancer and making, like, creating the things that you end up doing in the show? Um, it's about 50-50 these days. Um, I've done a lot of, like collaborative stuff with um say like between tiny cities which um i helped a lot like i wasn't the choreographer but i helped devise quite a lot and had quite a bit of input in it with um the with nick power who's the choreographer really good um b-boy choreographer and then um for man made i did the choreography for um a lot of it or half half of it pretty much which was um the b-boy scene my solo and the core section was, was made up of um, a couple of sections and with, with the help of Josh Moo for the core section. Um, yeah, um, so I've been doing a lot of creative stuff lately, um, but I'm actually about to do more b-boy training sort of stuff coming up, which is more about, um, yeah, just, just getting good, getting better. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to get good at? Ah, uh, you know, just just everything. Just um, being sick. Yeah, just well, <laughs> for me, it's like it, it's it's a bit of a, a juggling act where you you want to be a very good dancer performatively, like you know, be able to represent on stage and and like do really interesting dance, um, contemporary dance works. Um, but on the other side is you. For me, I, I really um, strive to be a really good b-boy because um and that comes with you know battling and training yourself and and getting that sort of making a mark on the scene in that sense so they're they're very different scenes they all feed into each other but um yeah so it's have you ever had someone bite your moves um biting my moves uh because that must be like quite the Quite the compliment if someone thinks something you've made up. So don't. well, I've had my um, my my b boy crew logo. Um, I designed that. Someone bit that, which pissed me off. And then I designed another shirt, um, uh, another shirt brand that um, me and a friend um, sort of have. And someone ripped that design off as well. So I've had people bite my um, my t shirt designs, which annoys <laughs> annoys me. Um, I mean, I've. I don't know. I find biting um, an interesting sort of 
thing where it's it's really hard for me to justify saying that they biting. Like, if you do the same move combo, and I know that you've saw, seen that from me, then it's like, oh, that's a bit, bit um, crazy. But there's so many, so many people. What the hell is this guy doing? Should we have a look? Yeah, maybe. We'll just pause. Okay, we're back. We just thought that someone may have driven their car into the ocean, but they didn't. No. The was tide just, was out yeah. a couple of K, so it was all right. <laughs> uh, I've tried. So how do you focus when you're trying to get real good performatively, like with, with having um, stage presence, but also with how to present and represent and carry something? Uh, that's just by by doing it I guess I don't know um, like I've been the start of my dancing um, dancing sort of uh, career I guess um, started around the same time I started doing like the, the time I started breaking mm. I started breaking and then uh, like in the same year or the end of the or the start of the next year I started I did a, my first sort of community based um, show for tracks, which is a full um, two-week season, um, really high, high-level um, uh, performance requirements. Like they, they ask a lot from you, especially even if like because I was a, a very new dancer. So I've been doing that sort of um, theatre work, dance theatre work for a while. So I don't know, just just by doing it, you know, just being in developments and stuff. You just, you just. Um, get get better over time um i i don't have any um formal training no um tertiary training in contemporary arts or anything like that it's just all um from doing yeah learning by doing mm -hmm. how do you put together a set um so like a b-boy set yeah. uh b-boy sets uh, i approach in a couple of ways one way is I just like do a grab bag where I'm like all right what's the what are a couple tricks that I can do how do I string them together yeah. so there's that way um well there's a couple of ways so I do that where I'm like all right I, I can do this combo how do I make it interesting to get in and get out um and then the other way is just um sort of freestyling I do a lot of freestyle work um so you have freestyle games and stuff that you sort of play and then after you freestyle for a while, sometimes you'll naturally come up with a combination that you like or you've recorded and, and seen and you're like, oh, I like that. So you reproduce that and that becomes like a set. Um, and then the other one is sort of uh, more sort of labbing, I guess, like lab work where you're just um, sitting. <laughs> a lot of it is just sitting and thinking and, and trying to like really devise interesting ways to, to do something. Like it, it might be... Um, you might set yourself like a almost like tasking it's, it's a little bit like tasking um, yeah and you just sort of just chip away at it and for me I do a lot of um, revisions like I never just finish a set and be like cool that's it I always revise it over over time every couple of months um, a set will change yeah I um, usually when I get excited is when I've seen some kind of movement pathway mm -hmm. on someone else and it's, it's that right combination of uh, being unpredictable enough that it's really exciting, but also I understand it. Yeah. And so I give it a shot. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm similar. For me, what really gets me going when I watch people dance is transitions. I yeah. love interesting yeah. transitions um, and just the way people can combo stuff. Like for me, um, crazy tricks and athleticism is really amazing. Like I love watching that. Same with footwork. I really love it. But it's where you do... Um, unconventional transitions mm. that come out of nowhere but are super smooth that's where I'm like wow that's a really great um, a really great flow like it's hard sometimes it's hard to say it's a set because you don't know but most of the times it's probably like a, co a combo that they have and just seeing that really amazing transitions is is what gets me going mm. what is the task when you're doing stuff and you're like, sometimes freestyling is actually tasking or when you're labbing and it's actually a task. Uh, I mean, like when you play freestyle games, it's yeah. usually a task. So um, there's one that I've been playing lately, which I quite like, which is um, kick, stop, hop. Um, so kick, stop, hop is basically you're freestyling at whatever speed you can go, like you're just throwing down whatever. And either you, if you're by yourself, you just sort of make the call in your head mm -hmm. and you just insert random kicks, stops, so almost like freezes, mm -hmm. and um, hops. So that's where you sort of like hop off the ground in some way. And because you're freestyling, you're always in different shapes and, um, and it forces you to make, to take risks almost with your... With your um, offers mm. I guess so you so you're more on the spot and you, you come up with more interesting uh, offers I guess because it's, it's just off the off the top of your head um, so there's that so kick stop hop and then there's a couple extra that yeah that I add on which is slide and slide and spin um, and there's also you know you can add threads or whatever so you just add commands that either you um, make the call on during your set or you get someone else to randomly call it out so ah, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then you're just forced to sort of um come up with stuff which is fun there's a contemporary dance one where you have a like a witness and a dancer um and it's either basically it's either move on or stay with that and investigate it more oh yeah like sticking with a, yeah, an idea yeah. yeah yeah I'm aware of that one yeah yeah so that's another thing that I do as well yeah. so if I if I like freestyle or something um, a, a idea that I like um, happens and then I'm like oh okay how can I mess with this more how can I um, like elongate it or um, get into it get out of it yeah so that, that's another way of sort of labbing and, and figuring it out. Have you had to improv before in processes? Like, do you find a difference between improvisation and freestyle? Uh, no, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, um, it's just whatever context you're in. Like if I'm in a studio making, um, like creating wor a work, then you'd, we call it... Well, I guess it's... it's it, for me, the... Um, synonymous, I guess. They're mm. the same, same, yeah. Um, yeah, just different rules for different contexts, yeah. Have you made stuff? Yeah, what do you mean? Like, um, I, I did, I created sections of um, man-made, oh, yeah. like I've, I've done that, and I've done other stuff for, for Tracks Dance Company, like um, Milpree, which is actually nominated for Australian Dance Award this Damn. year. Yeah, so which is going to be cool. Um, so I did work on that. And then I've done my own, I've done a professional, uh, a not professional development, a, a development on um, something I was interested in, like a 
for through tracks again as a, yeah. as, as a residency program. Um, how, how do you how do you make stuff like when you're ta- when you're like responsible for getting a section together or getting a piece together? What's the process? Um, so it, it, it again, it sort of depends on the context, but um, I like to, and this is just what I've been taught by um, people like Nick Power. Yeah. Um, I, I like to just come up with you know the the core concepts that I want to investigate. Um, and then from those core concepts, I devise tasks. And then I try messing with those tasks. Like I try to task them out and, and see what happens from that. And then if interest, so anything happens, um, anything interesting that happens, happens. I, I, I record everything I do. Um, mm-hmm. And then I look at the videos and then um, I try, I, I edit it basically, where I'm like, oh, I want to mess with this idea and try elongate it or, or whatever, try pull out an idea. And then I put it all together and then edit it. So um, usually it requires cutting out heaps of stuff and only keeping the really um, interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and But if, if I'm making like a showcase sort of thing or, or whatever, then that's just um, all in instinct and just sort of knowing or having a good idea of what, what looks Intr- like what looks dope yeah. yeah I mean that's usually what it is for showcases but, yeah. Um, but yeah yeah I'm wondering about where because with the showcase exactly what you said the core concept basically is what's going to be exciting engaging interesting what's going to be fresh yeah but when there's something where it's not a showcase situation where do your core concepts come from like how do you know what you're interested in uh, well I mean because I haven't done heaps of independent work, like yeah. my own independent work, I've done one sort of stint of my own stuff. And for me, I was just interested in, um, uh, for me, I think very physically, like I just mm. like um, what the body does um, and how it moves. And, and I was really interested in, in this, uh, I, I called it um, this earthy feeling. And I noticed it a lot in contemporary, like my mates that I, that I, um, I'm friends with who do contemporary dance. Um, some of the movement that I saw them do looked very earthy and, and stuck to the ground where breaking feels a little bit more lighter and, mm-hmm. and, and not so um, connected to the ground, more, more um, airy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, breaking somehow is about defying gravity with ease. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So I was basically trying to look at different ways to to create earthy uh, yeah like I said I just called it earthy it's not necessarily that but like um, come up with really grounded movement so that was my core concept and then I came up with tasks and ideas and little games and things to sort of create movement yeah but normally the core concepts come from whoever's um, contracting me so if it's Jack's Dance Company like Man Made they're like alright for the core section it was about being in prime time, so your prime age and, and what that means. So, Are you in your prime? Do you think that's why they gave it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's this idea of like... And moves past his prime. That's yeah. <laughs> well, it's sort of this idea that 25 is your prime and then we ah. had a spread of like... It's a pretty common thing um, that people think. Yeah. And then we the core cast was a spread of... Um, I think it had Will Neary who was... Um, 19 mm-hmm. and then Josh Moo who's like 30 whatever like old man <laughs> and then then um, me and Jordan were in, in between mm. yeah 
but yeah, so the idea is, um, yeah, being in your prime, and then and then what what does that mean for us, and and how does how can we sort of um, develop tasks out of it, and and also um, for me, individuality was really important for that section as well. So I really lent on that quite a bit as well. What's it like uh, being in Darwin and doing this dance style that's from the other side of the world, but then there being like already a dance style that existed here pre-colonially, but then also like people visually pegging you as Chinese or something when actually... We've got the same accents. We both were born in Darwin, and we're same in that respect. It seems like there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, like Darwin's a melting pot, you know. Mm. So um, everyone, everyone, um, there's so many different styles and 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 cultures and and whatever all mixing in here. Um, I don't know. Well, it's like you're part of the, you're part of. This is what I felt. So yeah. I'll just speak for me, and you can speak for you. Yeah, yeah, okay. I felt. Like, I was part of Darwin culture, but there was heaps of it that I didn't get on with. And then I was part of, like, the other cultures that existed in Darwin, which is b-boying or some Southeast Asian cultures or some indigenous cultures, because somehow Darwin is still this, um, like, a frontier town mentality that's put over top of all of those other things. And so what I felt like when I was in Darwin was that I was getting the best of a lot of shit, but then there was also always this um, creative tension because there's also a lot of shit that we just don't speak about as well. Like, I don't feel like I've got a Darwin dance or a Darwin style or anything uh, like that. But then I also feel like, what other identity do I have? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like... Uh, I feel like Darwin is is the true melting pot. It's what mm. what people think of Australia as being the melting pot. But I think Darwin is really the the is it um, with so many cultures all smashed in together really tightly. Um, as when, far you, as when you go and battle somewhere yeah. else, like interstate or whatever, do people think that you've got a style that's particular? Uh, yeah, I th- well, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell, really. I feel like me and my crew have a style. Mm. Um, the, the, our approach to dance um, is is um, of a certain flavor. But also, with breaking, and I guess maybe a lot of dance, uh, or maybe not a lot of dance, but with breaking, it feels like um, over time, as, you know, YouTube's gone bigger mm. and, and, and the internet's, like, blown out of control, um, people are losing their um, regional style yeah. a bit. Yeah. So, um, uh, and then what happens is styles get become trendy, and and people mm-hmm. try to try to Keep change their the yeah, pretty yeah. much. And and like it's it's more truer now, but I still feel like um, for us because we're so isolated here. Like I've got my crew there's about four of us and not all of us train um (laughs) like very few of us train and then there's another smaller crew but they're not really um at a influencing level yet it just feels like um with our um uh creative pool is very small yeah so 
I mean, which is cool. It means we, we come up with, I think we come up with a, our own sort of flavour, mm. different to down south. But we also aren't as stimulated as, as what it would be like if we are breaking down south. And what's it like? So when I was working in Perth for a while, mm. their version of down south is over east. People hey. are constantly talking about, oh, but different to over east. Yeah. I've never heard down south as actually meaning down south. It's like a word for the rest of Australia. Yeah. But then, like, actually, you've had the opportunity to work with people because actually we're not isolated geographically from millions of people. It's just that they're not in Australia. They're in other countries. And now you've had the opportunity to work with... Who's the other guy in Tiny Cities? Uh, Iraq. Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, like, you look at those guys and they've got a... Oh, look at Iraq, man. His style's wild. Like, he's got such a wild and unique style, mm. um, which is crazy. Um, so there's definitely... There's definite, definite regional influences. Mm. Um yeah, and then you've got like his, the generation before him is a little bit more closer to the classic style. A little bit, still a little bit crazy as well. Still got like that crazy Cambo style. But because their teacher before them was um, learnt from, um, I think he was living in LA or Miami. I don't know. One of the, one of the coastal cities. Um, and he was living there and that's where he learnt breaking. Yeah, so, right. so they've been taught more traditional... It's like um, a direct import. Yeah, yeah. And then it slowly started to change, I think. Um, but those Tiny Toon guys are freaking... They're, they're crazy, man. They're really cool. Really good breakers. Do you think something like that could happen here? Nah, probably not. <laughs> the, the, the problem here is... Um, so Tiny Toons, they don't have heaps of battles. Like, they're pretty isolated as a country... As well, even which is pretty crazy, but they were sort of isolated because of like um, the uh, uh, politically. Well, yeah, and eco yeah, something. economically and stuff, yeah, right, it costs right. them a lot of money to battle, and 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 no one really is willing to throw battles. Like no one's going to sponsor it or anything like that. In Cambodia. In Cambodia, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but they've got um, they break out of a almost a necessity because a lot of the guys that break are very poor, and they go to the training spot to learn how to also do stuff like um you know read and write there's teachers there it's, it's designed for kids that can't afford to go to school basically right. and they also teach break it's a additional thing that they do um so a lot of those guys it's breaking out of a necessity because there's n not much else to do and it keeps them in line and and creates it becomes their life you know mm -hmm. so that's why they create really good dancers whereas places like darwin um it's not a necessity it's a hobby um, mm -hmm. so it takes a lot. The only time, and that, I feel like that's like, um, for Australia as well, a lot of people do it as a hobby, which is cool, but there isn't really that push for it to be, um, you know, a necessity, like B-boy is yeah, life sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why I feel like Australia doesn't have a super strong, like we've got a strong community, but compared to, you know, the rest of the world. Also, also <laughs> is... Um, like Darwin is, is isolated in the sense that battles are very expensive to do. Like yeah, it's right. very expensive for people from Darwin to go down battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so few battles locally, right? So there's not that much competition. So it doesn't really stim stimulate, mm. um, training and trying to get better. 
And then it's a bit better down south. So in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, flights between the two cities, uh, three cities or whatever, is cheaper. Yeah. So the and there's more people. So yeah, it's it a stronger like team. In Sydney, because it's so fragmented, there's yeah. different parts that you just never go to if you don't live there. Mm. And so there gets to be even regional style within what is called Sydney. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess that that's true as well. And then. But then, because they've got the different areas and whatever, they can have like regional battles and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it pushes the culture more. So, but then you look at like Australia, right? Yeah. You compare Australian scene to say a European scene. So pick yeah. like um, Poland or something, right? And they're in Europe, which is super easy to travel around. Yeah. And then you got different countries battling, and then you yeah. get all these different battles that are going on all over the EU. Mm. Then, and that's why you see like European b boys like going super crazy, you know, like, <laughs> like ridiculous. Um, Is there a like Russia as well? Holy crap! Man. Particular regional style that you really that's one of your favourites? Uh, not really. I like b boys. Um, it's hard to say styles. Mm. I, I like. There are some styles I like, but. Uh, I don't really there's top level b-boys I watch I'm like oh yeah that's really cool mm. um, there's not much that I really try to that I really idolize I just like little moments from yeah, yeah, yeah. every b-boy and I'm like oh yeah that's cool I want to integrate that so if there's not like the the scene and the mentality then what is pushing you to take it seriously if it's a hobby for everyone else it doesn't seem like it's a hobby for you yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, it's more of a generalization, I guess. Like, it was a hobby for me for so long. Yeah. Um, so what changed? Uh, well, the first time I went to Cambodia was mm. the time it happened. It was, it was um, I tell this story all the time, but I, I really I really think it's, like, one of those yeah, pivotal... Let's, let's pivotal get it on record, man. All right, cool, on record. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we went to Cambodia. It was our yeah. first time there. It was me, um, Andy and Riga, so two of the crew members... Um, we went to Tiny Toons and it was it was wild. So we we went in there. Um, it's the sort of the school for poor kids. Um, so we went in. We sat down in the dance studio, um, and then all the school came in. So like seventy kids all sat down on the other side and were like, oh, okay, what's going to happen? They threw on some some tracks and then they all did a cipher for us. They all ciphered for us. What? And it was all amazing. The kids. The, all the school kids. It, it was amazing. And there was like little kids, like six-year-olds doing head spins. There was like um, girls doing crazy back bends and all that sort of stuff. Like it was amazing. Uh, it, it was really moving. And then in response, we obviously threw down and, yeah. and showed them what, what, we, what we got and all that sort of stuff. And then we spent the day there and it was real fun. And then... After when everyone knocked off, the kids went home. The Tiny Toons guys took us outside, and and we're in the ghetto sort of industrial area, so there's not much going on. Mm. Um, and then they took us down this like alleyway, um, and you could see all the all the people that are sort of just living out of their houses, like you know, um, you can see into the houses, and they're just you know doing their thing. And then we walked down this like really narrow alleyway here and there, and then it opened up into this uh, uh, sort of field that was right on the riverside and then there was like a makeshift um soccer field and 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 goals and stuff and kids playing and then like the sun was going down and everything and then you had the mekong, mekong i think it's the mekong river going along there and i was just like god damn like i was like it was just one of those moments the epiphany sort of moments where I'd like oh yeah i want to do this for yeah. a living i want to travel i want to meet these people i want to you know get involved um yeah. and the way i'm going to do it is through dance 
so yeah, that was the the pivotal moment. Where I'm like, all right, this is this is what I need to do. This is what I got to commit to. Yeah. And then how did that? How did that change? Like, does that change your training, or does that just change the conversations that you're having? Or no, it's just um, it just. Like I, ever since I started dancing, I always the way I look at it is I always made um, smart choices when it came to my development as a dancer. Um, not knowing that I was going to do it professionally, but always, you know, if I ever got an opportunity to do a performance with Nick Power, or if I ever did a um, had an opportunity to um, work with tracks in, in some way, or if I ever, you know, and I always made friends with. Um, you know the creatives of Darwin and the the and the com- community members like um, Corrugated Iron. Like I do mm-hmm. work for them and and just all I did that for years. And then um, and then I went to Cambodia. I did all that sort of stuff, and that blew my mind. Um, and then I think I came back, and I think I was still studying at university. I was still doing my um, engineering degree, and I, was, I hated it. I hated every moment <laughs> of it, but um, I did it. And then I think I got to, I think I, like I finished, but during my degree, I was like, all right, I'm going to finish this degree and then I'm going to do one or two years full-time dance just to get out of my system. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I'm pretty sure that's the sort of goal I had. Um, I I worked a little bit as an undergraduate doing engineering stuff and then I finally finished my degree and then I was like, fuck this shit. I'm not doing engineering. And then, and this is post Cambo trip. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to make the step. Um, and then I got really fortunate. Um, Brick Guy hooked me up with um, Nick Power's Cypher Tour. So I was a workshop facilitator. So that was six six weeks of work straight up. And then I did heaps of teaching around Darwin because I built those connections through Corrugated Iron, through different schools and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I did more developments with Between Tiny Cities, um, yeah, I just I got really fortunate um, because yeah, I, I think I made really good decisions when I was younger. Because mm. um, like my crewmates could have could have had a similar sort of pathway that because they had every opportunity I was offered, they were offered as well. So um, yeah, you know, and and but that's you know that's just me. Like I I really want to do this. Like it's I'd really dig it. Um, do you know and, why? Ah, no, no, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's just, it's fun, you know. Um, Why do, why, why, I don't know. When I was in uni, all I kept, I just kept on getting mad abuse from all the lecturers. Uh, Me and my study group were continually questioning authority because it was like, why, why are these guys teaching us like this when you know, obviously they're failed engineers, you know, like they talk about how they're doing it um, because they're trying to get back or whatever, but it's all, it's all crap because yeah. they, they, you know, they're lazy failed engineers because their approach to teaching us was really poor, like yeah. a lot of the time, like some of them were really good, but most of them were really lazy mm. at, at producing good um, stuff and they didn't really care about us. They really belittled us a lot of the time and it was just like, really questioning the system that is established and they made it out to sound like like engineers are like the be all and end all and and none of us are engineers like all of us graduated but none of us are practicing Hmm. like one of my mates is doing psychology the other one's doing entrepreneurial stuff um i'm a dancer another one's um, been traveling he might go back to 
to engineering, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. So that was one thing that sort of pushed me away from it. Has that affected your um, teaching approach as well? Oh, I mean, I just, I'm just not a dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Number one rule for being a good teacher, don't be a dick. Yeah, pretty much, man. Nice. Just don't be a dick. But, um, yeah, so that was that. Um, so I'm, I'm glad it's done. Like, I got the degree, so that's the important part. But it's like, far out, man. I don't want to do that again. Mm. And, and also, I was working as an undergraduate. And the, to be honest, the real, the real kicker as well, the reason why I didn't want to do civil engineering or whatever, is when I was working as an undergraduate... I was doing 12, 13-hour days, you know, and you, you do long freaking days. You're getting paid okay. You're getting paid all right, but you're getting a paid of a fraction of whatever your boss is getting paid, you know. Like, you're, you're giving your life away just to get um, some money, and it's like I can't dance, you know. You, you come home, you have a couple of hours, and you have to go back to bed. Like, that's for me, that's no way to live for something that I don't really care about. Like, yeah, yeah. for the most of it, most part, like the crew that I was with at work, they were great, really good guys. But the rest of the work team, bunch of assholes. So it's like, why would you want to yeah. be in that industry? Like, and it's just, I don't know. It's for some people, like I've got a mate um, who graduated a year before me, worked at the same company I, I did, and now he's quite well off and he's enjoying it. But that, I think that's his style. Like he enjoys those people and, and that sort of thing. For me... Mm-hmm. I'd much rather kick it with creatives and much rather kick it with artists and and also see the world, you know? Like, I get to see the world doing what I what I do, which is, like, it's freaking crazy, man. <laughs> like, I'm so fortunate. I'm so happy for, about it. Was it just... Were you initially interested in engineering or was it just, like, family pressure or social pressure? Uh, like, slight family and social pressure. Like, they never, they never said I had to get a degree, but... Uh-huh. Ever since I was a, a wee lad, my mum, <laughs> like, mum had a degree, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a degree. Yeah, right. And I, I wasn't a dumb kid, so I, all the subjects were quite easy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, what what can I do? And and it was either, I, to be honest, I just picked it. Like, I didn't really care about engineering. Mm. Um, I could have been pharmacy for all I cared. Like, it could have been anything. I probably... In hindsight, I probably would have been better off doing like um, physiology or, or mm. something to, or anatomy or anything about the body. Yeah, um, maybe it's good that you got something that was wrong so that you couldn't fall into it. True, true. It rebutted you all the way back to dance. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I'm super fortunate. Like yeah. way, really fortunate. Like Nick Power is a Sydney dude. Yeah. It's only because Tracks was like to i think it was you guys they i think they approached um you josh moo maybe maybe it was just josh moo and erwin and marco whatever but they're like um who do you want to work with you know and then they got nick power up we met we met nick at um stamping ground dance festival yeah and that was only because um ozdance and t sent myself and marco tapo and josh moo down yeah one year and i didn't even know i just had signed up online and I had no idea how I was going to afford it. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I just graduated school, didn't know, but I, there were some skills that I wanted to learn and there was mm. no YouTube yet. Yeah. So I was just searching like how to do a worm, how to do a caterpillar and mm. there was no videos and then yeah. this stamping ground came up and then I signed up and then I got a call from Ozdan Santee saying they were sending Josh and Marco mm. and then we met Nick because him and a few other mob were teaching and making shows out of breaking as well, which yeah. I was really keen on, like being able to 
being able to jam and be in the moment, but then also having that time to lab and consider mm. what it is that you're putting out and how people experience it. Yeah, and then Trax was like, what do you reckon? And I said that we should bring Nick Power up, but by the time, because it takes so long mm. to do shit, by the time he came up, all of us had moved away from Darwin. Yeah, but... <laughs> but then he became really uh, cemented. He, didn't he do... He did uh, um, Mr. Big... But that was just Manny, hey. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, but yeah, like, because if that... he was in Brisbane at the time. He was living in Brisbane. He used to run a B-boy or yeah. like a break crew in the valley. Yeah. When he was part of um, well, was Gravity that? Warriors. Yeah, he must have. He must have had his break school, I think. He yeah, had a yeah. full-on school. Yeah, at one in the stage. valley. And then yeah. he just, he told me that he just ended up being like, actually, I'm not making any money. Mm. I'm running this thing and it's taken all my time and I can't train anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so he had to change it up so that he could still train. Yeah. But yeah, again, super fortunate that all that stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I've got like this crazy, because me and Nick are really good friends now and he's uh, quite the mentor for me choreographically, professionally, you know, just in, with everything. And it's like, such such a by chance thing because yeah. otherwise like there's no way we would ever have met and developed such a s- strong relationship without just being lucky and and having play people like tracks to you know hook up the yeah. these ne- networks um yeah. yeah i feel like david and tim they take like because they're working in this kind of environment they take the smallest glint of interest mm. from anybody that's around and then they just have to grow it and then train it mm. and then set it on fly and fire yeah and they do it so well mm. like they're really good at um they've got really great vision for the community um mm. really good at stimulating it and and sort of growing it like they've done heaps of great stuff for me um and because of that and because of how much love i have for them mm. i'm doing as much as i can for the for the community as well like yeah. i'm always trying to teach young guys i'm really trying to like grow the community because at the moment it's quite it's not it's actually not that bad it, it used to be really poor it used to just be me and andy mm. it was at a stage where it was just me and andy andy trained way more than me so he'd go two three times a week i'd go once a week maybe yeah. Um, and I was about to give up. I was about to just throw it in and, and say, nah, it's not for me. Um, and then I think Flavio or someone came back to the crew from um, uni or down south or whatever. But yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, do you want to, do you think, do you think that you're going to outgrow Darwin? Um, I mean, yeah, well, I don't know. It's hard. You say that now, but there's a bit of a curse. Is the the down curse of like you're always gonna end up back here? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but for real, man. Everyone wants to get back here. Um, and I'm f- again fortunate because I'm gonna have my parents' place. They will own a property here and they own a property in Melbourne, so I'll be able to bounce between the two yeah, right. easily, which works for me because I'll have a good. I've got a good circuit in Darwin, mm. um, teaching and and making work and working for you know different companies and stuff like. Um, yeah, so I've got a good circuit here. Once I go down to Melbourne, I'll develop a good circuit there. And hopefully, ideally, I, I sort of want to do the suitcase thing and, and yeah. just sort of float around for a bit. And then, you know. But, yeah, Darwin's great. I don't know if I'll be able to sustain a full-on career here. Um, but I'm sure I'll be back. Yeah. Like, 
when I slow down <laughs> and get old. What's your big, big, big picture? What's your biggest hope mm. for all of the effort that it takes to train and learn and grow and uh, professional development? And uh, I don't know. I just I want to get good. I want to c- create stuff out of nothing, pretty much. Like create art that yeah. create. It'd be nice to have a have a artistic name. Um, uh, but you know, th- these are this is like you know, five years from now sort of thing. Like yeah. ten years from now, like I don't know, who knows? Um, but you know, I've always I've got this idea of um, making another clothing brand in ten years, uh, five years time as well. So you know, if I'm not a if I if I'm not doing full blown choreography, if I'm not a choreographer mm. by then, maybe I'll just do that, or maybe yeah. I'll do both, or I don't know. Yeah, do both because someone yeah. will bite it. So you'll let some, yeah, <laughs> you'll have someone will buy. Well, I mean, if I've been bitten twice, uh, my my <laughs> stuff must be, must good, be eh? yeah, it must be good. <laughs> I must be doing something right if I've been copied twice and two different, like completely different industries. Yeah. Like one was like a, um, like a, um, like a rave festival sort of company bit one of my designs, and then uh, um, the other one was a b-boy crew that bit my design. I was just like, fucking hell, man. I must Flattery. be making good shit. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you want to mention or shout out or epiphanies or wisdom or? Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. No, I don't. I think I don't think so. Uh, if you got a hobby and you like it, keep doing it, and maybe you'll something will come out of it. That's the only thing that happened to me. That's like sort of next level, mm. crazy universe conspiring to. Set me it does on the right conspire, one. doesn't it? Yeah, it does, man. Read The Alchemist. It's a good book. That helped me a lot. Nice. Yeah, I've read it a few times. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. You got any more questions? Nothing? No, I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. A lot. Thanks, man. All right, no worries. Um, signing off. <laughs> signing off, I guess. <laughs> Add up. Oh, I can plug my Instagram. Yeah, plug it. <laughs> plug it, plug it away. Um, IB Project, I-B-E-P-R-O-J-E-K-T. Um, check it out. I'm right. going to be growing it soon. I just, I got taught by Josh Moo, so, you know. You're all out there if you're looking for stuff to buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check my stuff, yeah. Everyone buys Anything it. else? Anywhere else do you want people to check out stuff? Um, you can check out the D-City Rocker fan page. Nice. Um, that's, uh, yeah, D-City Rockers. Um yeah, I mean, we don't post much on there, but if you wanted to check my crew out, um, you can check us out there. You can definitely contact us there. Um, not that anyone in Darwin would, I don't know, I don't know who, who, who you air this to. But well, you're going to be travelling as well, so people can that, meet up with you in Melbourne. And they yeah, can... that's true. I'm in Melbourne for, um, I'll be there from the 16th, I think, um, till the um, first week of October or something. Yeah, so I'll be there for a bit. Um, be training. I'm gonna hit up Chunky Move, I think, for some contemporary skills. Going to do heaps of breaking, B-Boy Blue. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nice. Good stuff. Thanks. Cool. All right, peace.